Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this time where our faith is being tested, in this time where we have maybe family members or loved ones who are experiencing persecution or their homes are under attack from different hurricanes, we ask for an outpouring of faith to not reject you when it is difficult, but to deepen our faith with you. But deepen our faith so much that it leads to actions of love in accord with the scriptures we just heard. Please remove all distractions, anything that is not of God from this place, and allow us to focus solely on Jesus Christ. For we make all these prayers in his most holy name. Amen. Is your faith dead or alive? Is your faith dead or alive? Is your faith thriving or is it just thriving? It is on life support. And I'd like to go back to an example of last week's Sunday at about 7 p.m. Does your faith look more like the Packers in the first half? <laughs> Dead, lifeless, and let's just be honest, it looked pitiful, disgusting. Or does your faith look more like the Packers in the second half? Tenacious, tenacious confident, vibrant, strong, or as the youth would say, is it woke? Because in the secular and post-Christian world, when we are confronted about our faith as Catholics in God, right now, we might be a little bit uncomfortable. But today's second reading confronts us with it anyways. St. James, he's my kind of guy. He's very much like St. Paul. He's very challenging. And he challenges us to deny ourselves like we hear in the gospel and to be authentically you made in the image and likeness of God, to be that man or woman that God wants you to be, to be that person that you strive to be, that's always ahead of you a little bit. And St. James, in our second reading today, he explains that if someone truly believes in Jesus the Christ, then that person will follow Jesus the Christ, suffering and all, by loving God first, and then loving one's neighbor, just as Jesus commands us. And we are all here today because we have faith and we believe in Jesus in his church and his teachings. So we can all say that our faith is alive, not dead, right? Well, not so fast. Uh, St. James was writing to Catholics who went to Mass every Sunday just like us. And yet he still warns them and warns us today in 2018, be careful to not have a dead faith. And this should make us think, this should make us stop pointing fingers at each other and stop making excuses and just take a look in the mirror. And to push the point further, that we have a prime example example of what authentic faith does look like and what it doesn't look like, we look in our gospel today where Jesus is in Caesarea Philippi and he has this giant mountain behind him and all these false idols are behind him that people worship. And if we took that to today, there would probably be the big four behind of our things we worship. Money, pleasure, power, honor, or the Packers, the Brewers, the Badgers. Or would it even be yourself behind him? And St. Peter, our first pope, professes his faith on behalf of the disciples against all the false idols that Jesus is the Christ. He is the anointed one. There is no other. And he does it in front of everyone and in front of all of those false idols. And Jesus acknowledges you are right. 
So it would appear that Peter's faith is alive, vibrant, strong, which we all hopefully want. But as soon as Jesus explains that, as we heard in our first reading, that he is the fulfillment of the suffering servant, that he had to be rejected, suffer and die, Peter objects. And that's a lot of us, because sometimes he'll say, isn't it weird that Catholics have that crucified Jesus up there? Because Peter, like a lot of us, maybe at times, we want a Jesus without the cross. Or we want a cross without the corpus. But Peter, like a lot of people, like a lot of us, maybe even you sitting here today, wants that Jesus without a cross. We want what I was told is called a Barney Jesus. It's a big fluffy animal, not really real, doesn't really affect my life, and he just says stupid songs. I love you, you love me. It's all gumdrops and lollipops with Jesus, isn't it? Yet Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, comes down hard on Peter for his lack of faith. And I love that because so many people want to paint Jesus just as this nice guy. He's just one of those moral teachers throughout history. And I just say, I hate that. It drives me absolutely nuts because all of us should want to reject that nonsense. All of us should want to reject that nonsense because Peter had faith, but his faith was not as alive as he thought because he forgot that Jesus is that suffering servant who must die for our sins. Our sins come at a cost. And Peter was willing to follow Jesus through all those miracles and successful preaching engagements. But when it came to the cross, when it came to pain and suffering, he was not willing to follow. His faith was not completely dead, but nor was it alive and as vital as it should have been. And as soon as Peter says, here's that Jesus is going to be going to the cross, Peter pulls Jesus aside and says no to the suffering of the cross, no to Jerusalem. And Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. As he's looking at all of the people, all the disciples, including you and I here today. Because as soon as any of us wants to get ahead of Jesus and to deny him to going to Jerusalem for our sins, we are diabolic. We are satanic. And that is just the truth. We have to let the Lord take us to Jerusalem personally. And we need to walk with him so he can show us what the heck he did for us and why it's so important to be a man or a woman of faith in 2018. So we should not be so quick to assume that our faith is as alive as we think. A strong, vibrant, mature faith, the kind that fills us with true Christian joy and wisdom, can be acquired through fidelity under fire. Faith that doesn't produce works of fidelity or service to the poor or time with scripture and fellowship and friends, faith without all that stuff, that faith is dead. And St. James clearly said in our second reading that faith without works is dead, but faith with works is alive. And one of the biggest obstacles to spread the Catholic faith or even just Christianity in general is the counter witness given by Catholics who sometimes come to Mass on Saturday or Sunday, but we act moronic. We act, despite of our faith, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and maybe even 
on Sunday when we're in the pews right now and the Lord is saying, wake up. When the priest says, the Lord be with you, is it, uh, with your spirit? Because nobody wants to follow a God where we look like zombies. People want to follow a God where people are alive and they are on fire. And they die to self, as we hear in our gospel reading today, and they, they seek the good of the other before themselves. And they have so much faith, it actually comes out of their mouth. They have so much faith, it's shown in their works and in their deeds. It's not just lip service. And one of India's greatest leaders for independence, Mahatma Gandhi, famously commented on this phenomenon in the United States when he was living. And once Gandhi was educated in Western universities where he was exposed to the beautiful teachings of Christ, a Hindu, exposed to these beautiful teachings of Christ, he noticed one thing, hypocrisy. Because he was exposed to the hypocrisy of people who called themselves followers of Christ, who called themselves Catholics and Protestants and Evangelicals, who called themselves believers. But they made little effort to actually follow his teachings. And reflecting on this experience, Gandhi later said, I really like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians. Your Christians, your followers, are so unlike your Christ. Ouch. When I read that, I said, ouch. And that's an example of dead faith. And faith with no power to inspire or give hope will do that to anyone. And that's a faith that we can all relate to when we see attendance in confession, attendance in baptisms, in confirmations, in weddings going down. Because there's just a lack of desire to grow because of our lack of witness. And nothing is more unattractive to somebody who says, I believe in Jesus, but I don't go to church on Sunday. I believe in Jesus, but my life is pretty dull and boring. And even worse, when that person treats other people like garbage, if they even go to church on Sunday. And doesn't Jesus say in Matthew 25, that you do unto the least of mine, you do it to me? This is a gut check Sunday. This is a Sunday where we are really called and challenged as Catholics because being Catholic is not easy. It is the cross. It is the narrow path. It is the life of self-denial and discipline. It is also a life of gratitude every second of every day for what Jesus did for you and I on the cross. It is a life of faith that leads to acts of love. I want to say that again. It is a life of faith that leads to acts of love. Especially when we have to die to self. And when we have to love someone, it kills us inside. Because we don't want to love that person, but because Jesus Christ loves each of you so much, you're saying, how can I not love that person? That's a living faith. That's a faith that I want. That's a faith that's attractive. So if we have a lively faith in Jesus the Christ, a faith that impacts the way we live every day of the week, and it's not just a check-the-box thing on Sunday, then we will experience meaning and purpose in life that is given when we deny ourselves and we pick up our cross daily. Because Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself. Pick up your cross and then follow me. And I'm wondering, have you, have I, have we been denying ourselves of the pleasures of the world? Or when we close our door at home, when no one can see, 
What does that say about our character and what does that say about our faith? And I'm not pointing fingers, I'm pointing fingers at myself, if anybody, at this. So the question natural, naturally arises, what can you and I do? What can we do to keep our faith growing? We look at the tradition of the church. We look at saints and theologians and mystics throughout the past 2,000 years who are smarter than us, who are more wise than us. If we think we're more wise than the church, if we think we're smarter than the church, take a look in the mirror and say, I am not smarter than the church. Because it's almost impossible to keep our faith alive on our own. And you and I were created for friendship and then we need at least, at least one or two strong friendships that are built on a common commitment to our Catholic Christian faith. And friendship is one of the greatest joys in life. And I, wanna, I want you to hear this, but friends are useless. Friends are completely useless. Because as soon as a friend is pragmatic, as soon as a friend has a use, that's not a friend, that's someone who our common bond is based on a use. We only hang out when we drink. We only hang out when we go to the bar. We only hang out when we watch the Packers. That's not friendship. And we must enjoy wasting time with each other. It doesn't matter what we do. We just love being in the presence of that person. And we must take time to have carefully free timelessness in our lives with our friends. And a true friend is someone who knows us, through and through, values us, and who knows us so well that they'll tell us the truth even when it kills us. Think of the prophet Nathaniel talking to David after he just committed adultery and called him out on his sin. That's a true friend. And friends take up common pursuits together and they encourage each other. Hey, I haven't been to confession in a while. I need accountability. Will you go with me? We have an adoration chapel now, and I, I need to pray, but the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I don't even go. I need someone to hold me accountable. Because two friends who even like sports or play sports, they drive each other with encouragement to be a better sportsman. They don't just say, hey, man, you're good the way you are. We'll just show up on Sunday and play our game, and it'll be great. No, they challenge each other. They encourage each other to carry that cross, because even in C-Rock 614, we hear a father tell his son, a faithful friend is a sturdy shelter, that he has found a treasure in that friend. So if keeping our faith in robust matter, if it matters to us, we will make a point to building solid friendships with others who have the same priority and will also stop playing games and stop acting like children and will avoid those friendships that do not allow us to be the person we're called to be, the saint that God created you and I to be. And we can do this by just reaching across the aisle to someone and starting to study the Bible, to open our catechism, praying together, to get more involved in faith-based activities. And my challenge this week is the same challenge as I had last week, is to pick up the scriptures for 10 minutes every day. Because if Jesus, if you believe in him, what does he sound like? How do I know if I'm living in accord to his plan for my life? We have to, we have to read the scriptures because it increases our faith and we can say, am I living the faith 
Am I seeking his will? Do I just pray the Our Father and forget when I say, Thy will be done, your will be done, Lord? Or is it just me doing my own thing? Because we need to be a community of friends. We need fellowship and not hypocrites. And we don't want to let someone like Gandhi say that Christianity is unattractive. And we should look at the stories in the scriptures. We should look at the prodigal son. We should look at the good Samaritan. We should look at the word of God and saying, am I actually living that? Or am I somebody who says, I believe in Jesus, but I don't follow his ways. So today, renew your relationship with Jesus. Renew your friendship. Renew your faith. And let's take a look at our friendships too. Which ones we need to get rid of and which ones do we need to reach out to? So when we die... And yes, all of us are going to die and we have to deal with that fact. We can look back at our lives and we'll be able to show Jesus that by our faith in him and what he did for us on the cross, that we loved others instead of judging others. We denied ourselves. We picked up our cross every single day and we actually encouraged others to do the same. And we looked at the story of the Good Samaritan, the rich young man, the prodigal son, and we actually lived the gospel. We applied it to our lives. It came out of our being, came out of our fingertips, out of our mouth, out of our way of of living. And we, we can also say, you know what, Jesus? I think the Packers are a pretty good football team. And I have a faith like they just played in the second half and not in the first half. I have a filing cabinet full of the things I did out of love for you and not out of how much time I spent watching the Green Bay Packers. Let our faith increase this day. Let us make sacrifices. Let us be people of self-denial so we know that iron sharpens iron and that faith without works is dead.